this is the resting mom phase. Deep breath in. Hold it. Release. I'm so grateful to be me. I'm so grateful for my life. I live in abundance. So welcome to the podcast, Jill and Maddie. It's so nice to have you both here. Um, We recently connected and it's really just been really great energy from you two. So we're going to get into the podcast and, you know, I would love to learn more about what you guys are listening to, what's on your playlist, whether it's like your Netflix playlist or your um, music soundtrack playlist. Um, Anyone go first. So I'll hop on. Um, This is Jill. I am obviously a little bit older. So (laughs) um, we do a lot of like early 2000s punk in my house, like Sunday morning cleaning. We listen to like Blink 182. You're not old. I listen to that too. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Um, I think, you know, that was, I was, it was around when it first came out, but, and then a lot of country. So I can't relate to the country. I only know one Carrie Underwood song, but definitely the Limp Biscuit. I remember TRL. And <laughs> it's funny, I was vibing to Incubus recently, um, Red Hot Chili Peppers. Like, well, I wish I had a time machine peppers. to go back. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. Um, yeah. What about you, Maddie? Yeah. So, first concert was definitely Bon Jovi Nickelback. Um, but I'm going to be honest with you guys. I listen to everything. I would say probably what I've been enjoying most lately is Adele came out with a new hit. That was amazing. Um, and I really like, I like the red hot chili peppers. That was my ringtone all through high school. So (laughs) and Ed Sheeran. I love Ed Sheeran. Yeah, I haven't heard Adele yet just because I'm not ready to be all mopey and sad, but I love her rebranding. I don't even think it's a rebranding. I think she's still herself. She seems happy and healthy, and I love that for her, but I haven't listened yet. I don't know. I need that, like, I don't know, mood. <laughs> it's so yeah. good, and I can't it's wait so for good. I can't, so like, I'm not currently relating to the message, but there's times yeah. where you have, right? Like, so it's like, brings everybody in. Yeah, Loving Chasing it. Pavements was always, I was like maybe a teenager listening to that and in my feelings, like, <laughs> I don't know what the emotions she brought out of me, but yeah, Adele has that magic. Fun fact, I got pulled over one time on the turnpike listening to Adele because I was not paying attention. <laughs> I was just like listening to Adele and the cop pulled me over and I was like, I'm sorry, sir. I was just listening to Adele and I don't know, he didn't know what to do. When the inner belt comes out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes well thank you guys for sharing that with me yeah I love learning about new music discovering and re-exploring older music but uh, music to me is just like really great energy so that keeps me going um throughout the pandemic I'm curious to know what's been keeping you all going as you've been working um I know you shared with me before the podcast started that you all are 
you all have transitioned into new roles. Can you share more about like how you've been coping with working and just keeping your energy up throughout the pandemic? Definitely. Sure. Yeah. I can start. Go ahead, so um, first of all, so when the pandemic started, I, mm -hmm. I kind of experienced shortly after that a great period of change. Um, mm -hmm. I relocated. Um, mm -hmm. You know, I my job moved fully remote, so I had the ability to really work from anywhere. Um, and I had been living my outside life a little bit more separately. So it was nice. Cool. I got to to finally move to the Detroit area where my partner yeah, was living. Yeah. So now we're living in the same place. Awesome. Um, and then since then, it's been a whirlwind. So I, mm -hmm. I broke my collarbone. I had collarbone surgery. Ooh. And it's been such a long time. I feel like I've actually like completely recreated myself. I started going to the gym every morning. Um, mm -hmm. Seven is my class. It's my, it's my time to really focus on me and get that really like that workout in um, yes. variations. self-care. I love it. Yeah, I love it. And I can do push-ups and everything again. Like I, I'm, it's crazy to me that my collarbone works yeah. again and we're still in the pandemic. Um, <laughs> but I think that kind of keeps me on track is really, mm -hmm. I do a lot of exercise and volleyball mm -hmm. and volleyball coaching. Cool, that's great to hear. I'm happy that your recovery is going well. What about you, Joe? You. Yeah, so you know, it seems like such a whirlwind, obviously, um, with a lot of people experienced, right, which is a lot of questions and whatnot. So I have actually um, transitioned to a new role as well during the yeah. pandemic. Um, it was tough at first, because, you know, when you're recruiting space, sometimes, you know, when it, when everything rolled out, the world stopped and you weren't hiring anymore. So there were some big question marks. I had some you know, some doubts about my career to begin with, but honestly, the pandemic just kind of made me like realize what was important, mm -hmm. um, kept my job, things came back, but I was not happy. So got a new job and then I got engaged at, at Christmas. Yeah, and then yeah, so yeah. I planned a wedding in six months. So, and to Maddie's point too, like a lot of, yeah. I just, health was important because I was ups and downs, you know, stressed out, not knowing. So I found working out every morning was a huge outlet. Wow. Um, but talk about roller coaster, but it was one of those things that was like, okay, focus on me. What's important. What needs to make me happy and kind of took control of that, which was kind of a cool thing. But I mean, this past year itself has been amazing because we've been yeah. through wedding, <laughs> engaged wedding, the whole thing. So it's yeah. been all good things towards the end. <laughs> That's so wonderful. Congratulations. Thanks. That's lovely. Um, I think the universe is telling me I need to work out because all this goodness I'm getting from you guys about working out, the glow, the energy from you all, I need to hit up the gym. I, I was really not do. a I mean, fitness person at all, but I'm telling you, like the days there. that I don't work out, I, I'm like, okay, yeah. yep, I didn't work out today. I can feel it. It just yeah. so much. By mid-afternoon, I think is when I really start to feel it. It's like a, a grogginess. Mm -hmm. It's hard to shake. Um, that's actually what I tell myself when I wake up and I can't yeah. roll over then I'm like, you're going to feel it come two o'clock. You better get to the yeah. gym. Yeah. Thank you for that motivation. You know what? I really need to incorporate that in my self-care routine. Um, for me, I definitely have had similar experiences to you all as far as like recreating myself, like finding a routine. I'm still in the process of it and really just using this pandemic or whatever this is as a kind of like a. A platform for me to really you know grow and evolve and I think that one of the biggest things for me was really understanding like where do I want to be professionally 
Um, that's always been something that I've had a hard time trying to like envision or plan being first generation, you know, coming to America at seven years old from Liberia, my family did the best that they could, but they didn't, they don't know like about, you know, what it means to like go through university and then like get an internship or get a job. So no one really guided me through that. I kind of had to go through trial and error. And I find that um, my closest friends and even people who have parents who have had the college experience, they still have their own unique challenges. And so today I really want to, you know, get some tips and some gems from you both when it comes to recruiting, when it comes to interviewing and just things that I guess everyone no matter where you are in your career can keep in mind as we try to like develop routines or kind of reevaluate or reassess ourselves and how we can care for ourselves as we are as individuals and also professionals sounds good I know that's that was, our wheelhouse yeah. that's what we enjoy <laughs> yeah I know that was about that was a lot <laughs> but um I'm here to just listen so yeah awesome awesome well, I was going to say, Jill and I have been in the field for quite some time, um, not showing our age or anything, um, but um, I was just going to share, like, I could share a little bit about my career journey Yeah. Um, before we get into, like, maybe specific recruiting advice. Does that sound good? That sounds great. Yep. Okay. Well, I started my career not really knowing what I wanted to do. And I will be honest, mm -hmm. there's still a lot of days that I wake up and say, what exactly do I want to do? Mm -hmm. um, there's a lot of people constantly asking you too. And when you think about mobility and your own growth, where right. do you want to go? Mm -hmm. And my answer, like most recently has been wherever will make the biggest impact. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's really hard sometimes to chalk up into a field yeah. or into a job or into like how to explain that to your manager even mm -hmm. um so I think really what's important to to first notice is mm -hmm. I kind of stumbled in to the field that I'm in I'm not gonna lie mm -hmm. it happened as a result of me being social and I went to what I thought was an interview for myself but it was actually mm -hmm. I was meeting with someone at an agency who wanted to place me somewhere else. Um, <laughs> and they were asking me what I was interested in. Mm -hmm. um, and then they asked if I'd have interest in specific companies. And I was like, wait, I thought I was interviewing here. It was a little embarrassing. Uh, and then she said, you know what? Like, I, I really think you could do good here. I'm going to share mm -hmm. your information with our president. Um, which was music to my ears. I'm like, this wasn't an interview, but I still nailed it. Mm -hmm. um, and I think from there, it's been a result of just kind of being open, um, really listening and engaging with people. And mm -hmm. like everybody that I talk to, even though I'm in recruitment and it's an opportunity to change their life, mm -hmm. they could also impact mine. Mm -hmm. And they have. Like, I've been completely blown away by people's like, gratitude or like I find them a job and they like like mm -hmm. it's months later and they're still sending me like little oh. notes and thank yous yeah. or like letting me know kind of how they're continuing to evolve and that's kind of what I feel like that's where the passion comes from is it's not a job yeah. it's helping we're helping each other mm -hmm. um along wherever the journey goes 
Um, I ended up moving into corporate recruiting just because I struggled a little bit with work-life balance at a certain point. Mm -hmm. I was running on the treadmill and I was getting calls. And eventually one night I just like broke down and I was like, I can't do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Um, even though I loved it, I knew I needed that more of that balance. Yeah. Um, I ended up, it was a friend that I made at volleyball that I recruited mm-hmm. to join my company ended up recruiting <laughs> me to her company that's so cool um, yeah and then from there it's kind of taken off into just kind of networking and following your yeah. passion and um even though I source talent um talent mm-hmm. has sourced me as well mm-hmm. um and that's kind of how it's continued to develop and so now I am recruiting executives and and corporate as well as university programs with Jill. So Jill, why don't you tell us about your story? Yeah, That's and to your awesome. point, it's, it's too funny, Maddie, because I feel similar in the fact that, you know, I kind of fell into the role, right? So, um, you know, quickly, obviously in college, I was a marketing management major. I thought I wanted to go into sales, but I didn't really know what that meant. Um, loved relationship building. That was my number one thing. Like love connecting with people, love, you know, meeting people and, and seeing, you know, how we can you know, collaborate, that type of thing, right? So I went to this company post-grad, moved into like a pre-management role, worked my way up, and then you know, managed others, but helped recruit. And I, I landed into a recruiting role there and fell in love, like found my niche. Right. So, but it's all about relationship building. And that's the thing, like I do a lot of university relations and being able to connect with students who truthfully don't have, or anybody for that matter, that really is lost because the, the job field, like finding a job and figuring out how to apply, where do you even look? It's, it's a lot, right? It's a lot. It can be overwhelming. And that's one of my biggest things is I love being able to help and teach. And yes, I want to find top talent for my company, but at the same time, if I can just help you find your path, like I did mine quicker without the stumbling blocks that I (laughs) I took to get there. um, It's just nice to have that connection. So I love the recruiting side of things and, you know, those connections and just kind of building on that and growing. Yeah, I love the recruiting cycle that you all have been able to experience. It's like good karma, you know? I like that. (laughs) Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think if you put good out there, like good will Mm -hmm. find you. And um, that's also kind of like, it fits in with so much. So part of our recruiting advice is always finding that mission or that brand that you resonate with. And I think really at the time that I fell into healthcare recruitment was when I needed to find health myself. Mm. Um, And it was kind of like a big emphasis on personal wellness Mm -hmm. um, and not only your physical health, but your mental health. And I was like, there's an employer putting that out there, but that's what they want to do for people. And that's what I need. Like that's, that's passion. Yeah. Um, and it's hard to know exactly what you're looking for. Right. Like, and I, I think really when you start to, to look into the deeper connection to work or the why behind what you do mm-hmm. um, is when you don't feel like you're working anymore. You feel like you're waking up and like waking up with a smile and yeah, there may be little things that bother mm-hmm. you, but it's never that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's, it's kind of like, oh, there's a few things in my job that I wish I could change, but like, you don't yeah. lose that bigger picture. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's so true. I mean, you have to look at what's important to you, right? Like I said, I switched company as I was at this very large corporation where, you know, there was a lot, I did a lot, took a lot out of you. And I was like, okay, I still love to do this, but I don't know if I really want to do this here anymore. And you just, you know, you find your connections and you, you find what resonates and you find a company that speaks to you and you share the values. And that's the thing that's so important in, in a job search too. And I tell, I tell candidates this all the time and, you know, you really have to look, I think one of the first places that you need to look at is, you know, mission and vision and see what that company stands for and see what's important to them. Yeah. And, you know, what type of, um, you know, activism are they involved in and that kind of stuff? Because yeah. if, if it's not what aligns with, with who you are and what you believe in, it's not going to be where you want to be, right? Like you right. have to look at that kind of stuff. Right. A friend of mine, we were talking, um, actually my best friend, she sent me a voice note and she's like, you should write a mission statement about your life. What do you want? And I'm like, uh, I don't have time for that. But I think that's, <laughs> as I said, I'm trying to really relearn and have a routine of checking in with myself and not getting just lost in work or, you know, really making time for myself to check in with myself. And I think that's a really great tip for job searching is to check in with yourself. Like, what do you want for yourself? And then finding a company that kind of aligns with that is not always going to be perfect, but I definitely think like I've made the mistake in the past of just going to whatever job wanted me. Like you want to hire me? Like when I'm like desperately searching for a job. And I think a lot of us do that. And sometimes we just like accept the role just because we feel like we need to have a job. We need to have a title. We need to be employed and not really understanding like, you know, this is a part of you too. You're giving them, something and you know it's really easy to kind of like lose sight of what you want mm -hmm. yeah yeah and it's definitely funny about the title too right like sometimes you know it's important and growth is important but sometimes you have to look at more than just what the title is <laughs> true. yeah true. very true and like titles to me and I know that sometimes we do want to chase that next title but mm -hmm. I find them pretty arbitrary right like mm -hmm. What is it that we're doing? What's the meat and potatoes? Um, am I excited to get up every day and do this? Mm -hmm. And what, when I lay my head on the pillow at night, like what impact am I making on the world? Am I satisfied mm -hmm. with that? Um, when I worked in the agency, it was, no, I wasn't satisfied with it, but I knew I could help people even like, like I could help them even more, um, but I didn't want to necessarily be relying on the ethics of where I was. Mm -hmm. um, I wanted to look a little bit more uh, at aligning my personal ethics with a brand mm -hmm. um, versus you know looking across companies everywhere. Both are great avenues. Um, mm -hmm. I am so thankful for that job because it gave me a foundation and it made me learn like real true grit and how mm -hmm. to work hard um, and what I'm capable of. Um, I look back still and I'm like, you know, if I think I had a hard day today, I had a hard day then. It's <laughs> much yeah. harder. Um, but some advice that I usually share when I do a lot of working with candidates with decision-making mm -hmm. because decision-making can be very, very difficult. And mm -hmm. I think recruiting is the most genuine form of sales that you can make. So like Jill, like you were mentioning your personality and sales, this is perfect for you. But I always say like the things in a job that you're really looking at 
is compensation is a part of it and it is important Mm -hmm. we do need compensated to live but we also need compensated (laughs) fairly um Mm -hmm. so it's not just you know am i making enough to live am i doing a job that i enjoy but am i getting compensated fairly for the role that i'm being asked to perform Mm -hmm. and i think that that's kind of where if you've ever had a recruiter ask you hey what are you looking to make in this role? I hate that question. It's <laughs> they need to just tough. normalize not asking that. <laughs> it's tough. Now, legally, yeah. a recruiter is not supposed to ask you what you're currently making. So uh, please know you never need to disclose that. But thank you. when asked what you're looking to make, it's hard to know exactly what that job is worth. But mm-hmm. I start thinking of it a little bit different. Like, if I look at myself personally and I know what I'm going to give in this role, will I feel satisfied at the pay rate in which I'm asking? Now that doesn't mean don't be flexible. You can absolutely be flexible, but like it's important to also take a look at yourself and the time you've put into training and the skills you've acquired um, and, and realize that it's okay to ask to be compensated for the amount of work that you're putting in and the skills that you've learned to grow and the time you've put into an area. Um, But when making decisions, we should never just make them based off of compensation. Um, And I know that's really hard to to say out loud and to even think through. (laughs) But like, I always say it's typically compensation Location, mm-hmm. location's important, right. time is money, commute sure. can weigh on you. Sometimes it can be relaxing and kind of like your unwind time at mm-hmm. the end of the day and your preparedness on the way in, but mm-hmm. it, is, it is valuable, time is valuable. But also the job itself, is it going to give you a little bit of challenge that you're staying? I was told it's always good to stay a little bit underwater. You don't wanna mm-hmm. know everything. Um, but you want to have some room to grow, but also environment. Those are kind of the four things when people are telling me that they're comparing jobs or they're not sure which direction to go, or they Mm -hmm. have multiple offers, sit down and rank those, those four things at each one. Look at your score. I like that. So compensation, well, we can prioritize it however, but I, for me, I think environment is one, um, location I know a lot of parents listening is probably something that I always like keep in mind I'm just always putting in google map like where's this place you know yeah and now that we have this silver lining that came with the pandemic of um, hybrid or remote working I think that's also really important to, to take into account you know um, so you said environment location um, the um, opportunity to grow yeah or- so I kind of classify that into the job mm-hmm. itself So like the job function. So what is being asked of me? Am I Mm -hmm. capable of this role? Is there a little part of it that keeps me underwater, keeps me learning? Right. Continuous improvement. Yeah. Yeah. And compensation and and really, you know, thinking about compensation, not just like, what am I getting paid, but am I being paid fairly? Um, Understanding like you can Google, like how much does this person make in this state? I feel like a lot of people don't know that. You can like Google that information. Yeah, I use yeah. CNN Money. So CNN oh, okay. Money, you can put in your location 
Um, and you can kind of compare it too. So Mm -hmm. you're looking at a different area or you're looking at relocating. Mm -hmm. It will tell you how far that salary goes in another area. Cool. Thank you. Yeah. That's super helpful. Any additional gems to share? I had something and I, I lost it. It was something that Maddie said, but I think, um, you know, and she talked about commute and that kind of stuff. And I think it's so important yeah. to look at, you know, when you're looking at, there's so many things to look at in a job description that I'm coming back to it now. Um, mm-hmm. You know, looking at the job description can be tough because a lot of us, right. and especially females, we look at jobs and we look at the criteria and the qualifications. And if we don't have every single check mark, Mm-hmm. we think, oh, I can't do that job. I shouldn't apply. Right. right. But to Maddie's point, you should be a little bit underwater. Right. And just because you don't have every single qualifications, it's looking at, mm-hmm. you know, my biggest thing is really looking at the experiences that you've had and what you've done in those roles and how can it translate to that position. Mm-hmm. Right. Cause we've probably done something that's very similar, but you have to be able to speak to that. Mm-hmm. So once you, you know, can actually tell that recruiter, this is what I've done basically done this before just in a different light right so you know I always tell people never to sell yourself short and really really look at your experiences and you know across the board be it in jobs or volunteer activities you know really look at that experience and how it translates to the roles that you're looking for and be able Mm -hmm. to like talk about that and you know it's I think it's so important to not be afraid to apply for a job just because you're missing one of the qualifications. <laughs> I feel seen right now and attacked at the same time because I'm just like, no, I can't do it. No, I can't do it. But some way, somehow I got the courage um, to just apply for positions that I thought before I could never do. And so I think like, like you said, tying it back to everything that you all talked about, like making time for yourself, um, knowing what you want, taking care of yourself mentally, physically, when all of that is in harmony, I think you definitely you develop something else within yourself, like that courage, um, that confidence too. It's yeah. all about yeah. confidence. Yeah. And I think that's so important too. It's, you know, it's, it's especially, I've looked, I've looked at jobs before and, and I've been like, oh, I'm not going to apply for that. Or I'm not ready for that position. And then I see the person that got hired into that role. And I'm like, <laughs> I could have done that. Right. And it's, it's so funny because we just sell ourselves shorts and it, it's, it's, the right. and, right. you know, putting yourself out there and knowing that, Hey, you can do it. And you, you're trainable, you're coachable, yeah. had the experience. It's tough. I, I think yeah. we're taught to be modest, right? Mm-hmm. Like, um, that's manners and that's like, you know, and it's also the focus. It's so hard to put the mirror on herself mm-hmm. in an interview situation and sell yourself for all the reasons why you're a fit for a job. It's just, it's kind of unnatural. Mm-hmm. It's very strange um, to be in an interview situation. Plus you want right. them to, to like you. You want to build that relationship. You don't want to sound like a narcissist <laughs> and you, you want to make a good impression, but also yeah. show them that you can do the job. And yeah if there's a little part of you that's questioning if you can and you're like, I don't want to let that show. Yeah. It's a tough thing to navigate. Um, It's kind of like, I want to show my authentic, true and genuine self, but I don't want to also not, not really sell myself enough. Right. Um, And that's, that's complicated. And I will say 
that's definitely something that I, Jill, you hit the nail on the head, like reading the job description, there's statistics out there saying that most women are quick to rule themselves out versus mm. men will rule themselves in on those certain instances. Right. Right. And then on the other side of that too, just a little, you know, another gem, if you will, uh, I think too, in an interview setting. So if you apply and if you get into that interview for that role, we also have a tendency to say we, right. My team, like, I don't want to sell myself short. I don't want to put this all on me because it's part of a team, but in an interview setting, it's about you and it's about I. So you have to train yourself in an interview setting to really have I statements. I did this. I created this, I implemented this and have those statistics behind it. Because as an interviewer, if you're then saying, well, we created this in my team. So did you do it or somebody else and you were part of it, right? So like, it's another part of the not selling yourself short, like having confidence, but going into these settings, you kind of have to practice and you have to put yourself in that seat. Like this is about me. I'm getting this job. I want this and talk about what I did. Right. Which is so hard for us, but you have to be able to do that. Thank you. This is so empowering. And I have a funny story. So I recently interviewed, right. And I caught myself and I, I had a moment with myself and I was like, you're growing. So um, (laughs) it's a really intense company. It's a, you know, a big, one of the top four um, accounting firms. And so I'm nervous about it, but I'm just like, you know what, I got this. I'm in the middle of working too. So I kind of like, just got off a work call and I'm like okay so I didn't really properly prepare but I was like I'm just gonna try to wing it (laughs) so we start the conversation and she's like you know tell me about yourself and I'm like well you know I think I didn't even say I think I was like I have a really cool background I have this and this and I was like I caught myself like you just said that like (laughs) I I laughed a little bit because I think I caught her off guard with how like confident I was yeah. Um, but I, I, I love that about myself because I feel like you the should be confident in all of your cool. Yeah. You should be cool. <laughs> and as a recruiter, when I'm talking to someone <laughs> and they're passionate about what they've done yeah. and they can talk about, there's a difference yeah. between confident and cocky, right? And yeah. that comes through and, and yeah. it's, it's, it's exciting as on the other side of the table as an interviewer yeah. and being able to see that. And that's the type yeah. of person you want in your team. So you have to be able to have that confidence and say what you did because I want you on on my team that you're that excited about Mm -hmm. the things that you've done in the past yeah I think empowering people um, or people finding ways to empower themselves Um, I know you guys have to go and honestly like these gems we could talk about it all day Um, (laughs) but this has really been super super helpful do you have any sort of resources or any tips or advice for people can um, for people to check out um, for more empowering advice or resources to prepare for interviews. I know CNN Money, that's a good place to go for like looking at salaries. Any additional resources? I typically always say, you know, where people get nervous at interviews is typically the situational or behavior-based questions. Right. If you look up the STAR method, S-T-A-R, that's really helpful to your answers to those types of interview questions are almost like telling a story. Right. Um, and you don't want to leave any of those pieces out. Um, that's how, what I would recommend checking out and start thinking through some examples of work you've done, um, where you could tell a story using the star method. Yeah. Thank you. 
And my biggest thing, obviously Google is our friend, right? You can Google everything. Like, you know, and a lot of the times, like I'll Google things like Indeed has a lot of um, helpful tips on interviewing prep and writing resumes. There's things on LinkedIn, but I think that's it. It's just making sure that you're prepping and, and utilizing those, those resources. Um, yep. But the one resource that I always tell everybody is your own personal network. Like, you know, go on LinkedIn, you know, talk to, talk to your oh friends, God. talk to your family. Like your network is so huge. You don't even know some of the people that you might have known that worked somewhere in the past or can connect you. And I think that's so huge. And I think sometimes people are afraid to kind of say, Hey, can you help me? But opening up those conversations, you're going to open up a, a world to a lot more information and the more comfortable that you get networking, the easier it's yeah. going to be. And I think that part's huge. Thank you. Like, yeah, like Maddie said, when we started the conversation, like knowing her friendliness, like her social skills, like, you know, I think that's the cool part too. It's really understanding um, that you can, you can reach out for help. You can ask for help. Like we need to normalize that. And also making friendships with like just everyone. I feel like, especially for diverse candidates or people who feel like, oh, I can't do that because I don't look this way or I don't have this background. It's like literally just make friends. I keep telling all of my friends, like LinkedIn is the most elite app because <laughs> it opens up a world of um, so much, so many possibilities. Um, and the amount of time we spend on like different apps, like Twitter, or Instagram, that's great and all. But not even, even if you're not a traditional professional, if you're more of a creative or freelance, there's an opportunity on, li on LinkedIn for you. And I feel like I'm advertising LinkedIn. <laughs> so I'm going to stop <laughs> because they're not paying me. <laughs> but yeah, networking is key. Um, and, you know, I really appreciate the opportunity that I got to network with you both. So I'm going to let you all go, but I hope that you guys can join the podcast another time. Thank you so, so much for these gems. Um, can, you know, whoever's listening, can they add you as a friend on LinkedIn? Are you guys okay with that? Yeah, of course. Connect. They can find me under Maddie Hudak. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jill Thomas connects. Um, hey. yeah. And thank you so much for having us. It's been, it's been fun. Yes. My pleasure. Well, thank you guys again. This is not goodbye forever. This is just, I'll see you later. And um, you'll hear from me at a later time. I wanted to do so much with the second season of this podcast, but I have not been able to commit to it. And I just feel like perhaps it's time for me to put it to rest for a bit. And so for now, this will be the final episode and I hope to come back and see where this goes again. But I thank you so much for tuning in, for sending me all the feedback, for just vibing out with me and, and you know, allowing me into your space. It's been a really fun journey, and I'm so grateful for you all. And I'm wishing us all the best for 2022 and beyond. Thank you.